Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Coffee Pods. My name is Lisa and I'm joined by Wes. Hello Wes. Hi, yep, ready to go. Ready to go. So we're continuing our series, Supernatural God, Supernatural Works, where we've been finding out lots of really wonderful truths and promises that God has uh, for each of us. And today we're going to be looking at what it means to shepherd others towards Jesus. Um, so most commonly known as discipleship, probably making disciples, um, but just leading people into the presence of God. And that's something here at Acorn we have been f- called to do, haven't we? When when we approach the healing ministry and all of our events and resources, is about shepherding them towards the kingdom of God and being exposed to that. Um, so Wes, I've got a few questions in store, but let's just see how this goes. Um, but so who, when we say shepherding other, others towards Jesus, who are we talking about in this equation? Well, I think in a sense, we're talking about anybody who comes across our path, that um, one of the things that we want to do is to, we want to draw them nearer to God um, and, and, and not just to the idea of it, but to the 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 reality of it to the experience of it so in a sense i can see how this specifically applies to all those who are called to the healing ministry that's what we do that's that's how we are how we are but funnily enough um people can do this just in life they meet somebody have a conversation and in that moment you know you might just say well you know i why not why am I talking to this person? How did I get involved in this? And so one of the things you can do is to say, Lord, have you got anything to say to this person? Is there anything that you want to do? Do you want me to just pray blessing quietly and say nothing? Do you want me to say, hey, you know, I'm a Christian. I'd really, I'll just pray for you, you know. And, and so there's lots and lots of ways that those things, but we, by our actions, by our deeds, by our words, by our way of being and 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 responding to people, we can... Because we carry the presence of God, we can help draw others nearer to the presence of God. Yeah, absolutely. And so you mentioned things about like encouraging people, praying for people. How would we know whether to do that or not? Like, so actually, so maybe a better way of asking it is how would we know that that is Jesus nudging us? Well, I, I guess one of the most important things is would be to say, does it feel like him? You know, could you? And I know we used to wear the wristbands. What would Jesus do? But actually, there's a real solid truth in that. You know, and 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 the question that I guess you ask with that one then is, follow the flow of love. What's the most loving thing to do? You know, is the most loving thing to leave this person on their own after they've fallen over and you know their shopping's all over the place? Well, the answer is no. Do something. You know, what would what would Jesus do? Well, he at least help pick up the oranges and put them back in the bag and help the person get up. But also you see somebody who, you know, is sitting in Costa, somebody looks depressed. Do you say nothing to do with me? Or do you say, Lord, it's, it's something to do with you. Is there anything that you want to do with that? And so the question we often ask is, you know, did I hear a voice like, you know, a jumbo jet passing by that said, go forth, young man, and speak they unto this person? And the answer is no, most of the time not. Most of the time I'm just trying to imagine what would Jesus do right now? If he was, if he was in Costa, you know what would Jesus be doing? Would he? Who would he be talking to? You That's know, really helpful. You know, because 
uh, I mean, if you can theologically just journey with me to Jesus being in Costa, um, would he just sit there over his own latte, mind his own business, right, and and read the freebie newspaper? Or actually, what would who would he be talking to? And uh, I mean, one of the things I do is when I go in a room, I try and find out, you know, Lord, who would you who would you be speaking to right now if you just walked in? Who would you go to? You know, and sometimes it's the people standing on their own. Yeah. And I just say, well, OK, everybody else is talking to somebody. You aren't. So, you know, I just say, hi, you know, my name is Wes. In fact, I did that in a church and I just walked in as a person, you know, and they got a bit of a shock when they realised when I stood up to speak, that I was the, I was the preacher. And it was like, oh, my, I would, I would have been more sort of entertaining if I, I'd known. But, but, you know, you just see somebody down or despondent or whatever. And and even if you only smile and say, hi, yeah. you OK? And if something opens up, it opens up. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I try and say, who? what would Jesus be doing right now and who would he be talking to right now? I understand that. And that's a very practical thing we can do. I think the other part included in that that I'm wondering is, is that a gift that some of us are given to be able to, you know, there's the gift of discernment, for example, isn't there? Um, where you may get a specific um, lead to go and speak to somebody because you feel God's heart for that person. Then there's the other side of it, isn't there, that you're saying, well, we can all do this. Is there a difference? Well, yeah, I mean, yes and no. There's a sort of difference where you would say some people appear to be more gifted in this, you know, discernment, word of knowledge, that sort of thing. And I would say, but they weren't always like that. You know, they, they, they found... They found a moment when they exercise something and they just kept doing it. I mean, one of the things that I do is in ministry, sometimes I will ask God for something. I'll say, God, tell me something that's yeah. going to help me help this person or is going to help this person. You know, and you say, well, you know, it's, maybe it's not God's will to speak to them. I say, are you joking? It's always God's will to speak to us, even if it's stop doing what you're doing. Right. God does want to communicate with us. And so in a sense, you know, I have had moments when, you know, I've, I've been with people and, and if you like, nothing's happening. And I've got a choice. Do I say, God, I think you want to make something happen. Please tell me something that's going to help open this conversation up. And, and you don't have to say, thus saith the Lord. You can just float it in a conversation because if it's from God, it's going to find its mark. You can absolutely be certain. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just an example on my end is you mentioned the what would Jesus do bracelet. Um, I've recently been trying to follow a little mantra of of put God first, which I always thought I was doing. But when I started intentionally putting him first, I'm seeing him at work in so many ways. And and I'm able, like you've just said, you might walk into a coffee shop and you're just more attentive to to the heart of God and and it's it's amazing and yes I would encourage the what would Jesus do of you know put God first yeah yeah and 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 it's absolutely true I was talking to a guy just recently and he's just started to do that I mean literally just started to do this and um he and and his his uh friend they prayed for for two people and one the muscle pain uh for, for the first person went and and the second person they prayed for, their eyesight improved significantly, you know. And and actually, all he was trying to do, and and he's, he wouldn't say he's an expert. He was just trying to do what Jesus would do. 
And I think sometimes our fear gets over us and that we think, or we think, well, we're British, there's nothing to do with me. And I would say to people, it's always something to do with you. If you're a part of the kingdom, if you're a child of the kingdom, it's always something to do with you. Yeah, and that leads me nicely actually onto my next sort of question or, or reflection is that, you know, if we're listening to this, uh, this podcast, we're probably somehow likely involved in the ministry. Um, yeah. And so we've all got here somehow, haven't we? And there's a number yeah. of reasons how and why we have got here, which I suppose are probably quite important when it comes to them leading others. Yeah, uh, it is. I mean, we get involved in this sort of ministry. I've worked out for sort of four major reasons. Mm. Um, one is that we've got some connection with it. OK, we're sick. Someone we love is sick. And I know people who started in the healing ministry because they had, a, they had a, a relative who was sick right. and they wanted to find out what, what to pray and how to pray. And sometimes it's ourselves. You think, you know, I could sit here and let this run over me. I'm going to find out how I pray and how I get prayed for. So some people have a connection. Some people have compassion. They just feel a deep uh, sense of love for those who they encounter who are in need. They don't consciously work it up. They're just with somebody and it's like their heart opens up and it's like they can't help themselves. I think an another reason um, is, is what I would call a compulsion. You you find yourselves, again, without thinking about it, being drawn alongside others and acting as Jesus would. It's not a conscious thing. You just feel compelled. It's like it's like the door opening and, and a wind picks you up and plonks you next to somebody. And before you even work it out, you're doing something with them. And you're wanting, and alongside that, you have an incredible strong sense that God is willing and able. Yeah. Okay, so there. And the last one is... Um, and I was talking to somebody just yesterday about it. And and you have a, a sense of conviction that that this is not the way that life was supposed to be. You look at somebody and think, no, this is wrong. This is not what God intended to a conversation yesterday. I said, I just looked at them and I said, no, this is wrong. This is not what God intended. And and actually, you along with that. Sometimes you can even feel offended by the presence of sickness. You think this is disgraceful. This is not what God would want. And so a connection, some compassion, some compulsion and a conviction and or sometimes a bit of a number of them. Yes, yes. I was just going to say, I'm sure people listening might be able to sort of point out areas that they feel, you know, oh, yes, I, I've experienced the connection or I have this compassion. Yeah, yeah. And actually, and if you do, and you're listening to this, do write in, let us know which one oh. is yours. We'd love to know how oh. you got that. You know, just drop us an email. It'd be great. Lisa will yeah. tell you how to do that at the end. I will indeed. Yeah. Um, so let's keep going then. So um, we're shepherding people towards Jesus. Yep. Um, yep. So it's it's more than just releasing healing to people, isn't it? This, what we're doing. Yes. I mean, I, we are doing that. You're right. But yeah. I think there's a little bit more than that. And and I th as I look at the Gospels, I look at the stories where some people followed Jesus after being healed and some people didn't. And I think one of the things that Jesus was always doing, if you think about his, his big message, apart from the Father, was the kingdom of God. He wanted people to experience that realm where they lived 
not with religion, but they lived with God's life and love, as well as, you know, the the the, the reality of the kingdom. And it became present with them. And so one of the things that for those of you who are involved in the healing ministry is we we often put it this way. We don't just want people to experience healing. We want people to experience the healer. I want people to go away, not just thinking, wow, aren't they nice people? And didn't I have a great time? I'd like them to go away thinking, aren't they nice people? And didn't I have a great time? But I'd like them also to go away thinking not only had they received healing of body, mind and spirit, but they had met Jesus. They'd met God in such a real way that though they might in years to come forget the meeting that they were ever at with us, they will not forget him. And and for me, that's an, a real, you know, a, a really significant thing. Yeah, and actually, we just received some feedback from one of the um, healing hub meetings in Surrey. And some right. people were saying that the prayer ministry they receive was so full of compassion oh. uh, in a way that they've not had before. And, and it's just so many clocking on me. They had an encounter with the king yeah. <laughs> because he's yeah. compassionate. It wasn't necessarily the people, was it? No, and 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 though it flows through the people, absolutely. But yeah. when you find the presence of love, you find the presence of Jesus. You find the presence of life. You find mm-hmm. the presence of Jesus. And healing, you find Jesus. Compassion, you find Jesus. And I think one of the things that we're doing in our healing hubs is I I, I want it to be done in such a way that people do leave with a real sense that they met Jesus. I was praying for somebody just uh, oh, a couple of months or so ago. And they had some um, sort of both post-birth um, complications and whatever. And they weren't necessarily, um, if you know what I mean, they weren't necessarily clear about whether they were a believer or not. They were sort of attached to a church or whatever. And I just said, look, can I just pray for you? We were just having coffee and just, you know, not a not a worship band in sight. We were all just sort of standing around and, you know, and I said, look, let me just pray. And and uh, I just prayed very gently for her and just put my hand very gently on her and said, Lord Jesus, you know what's going on here. I'm going to ask you to come now and, and sort this for us. And um, when I finished, the woman goes, oh, she says, oh, she says, I could feel something. And she, she, she just did a big circle over her shoulder and her head. She said, it's like a thing here, you know. And she said, is that God? Oh, I said, yeah, now that's the Holy Spirit. He often turns up and and lets us know he's present you know she went away thinking well that's a nice guy to pray for me you know acorn nice thing i bet she went away thinking wow whatever that was i'll have some more of that please yeah and so i suppose that really does highlight that um without jesus we're not going to see this healing are we like it's his presence um that is so key as we minister to other people absolutely absolutely there's no i mean if you want to write that on a stone tablet you know um there is no healing you know yeah without jesus so how do we how do we sort of keep an eye on his presence (laughs) like how do we know what he's up to and what he's doing and i love that how do we keep an eye on jesus There's a theology all for itself i'm gonna do something about that lord i'm keeping my eye on you um i one of the things that we've spent most of our ministry doing when we saw it is trying to track the Holy Spirit, trying to track where he is, 
what he's doing in the room, who he's moving on, who he's blessing, who's responding to him, who's reaching out to him, you know, as well as those who's resistant to him and needs some encouragement and some help. And, and I, you know, in a sense, it's easier to do that if you practice, if you make the practice of carrying the presence of Jesus with you all the time. So rather than saying, Lord, I'm going to get my presence of Jesus kit out because I might need it now, actually to be able to live like that all the time. And, and so we tried to, to find ways that we can work out what does that look like when I'm in a meeting and thinking, OK, God, what are you doing? Is it just the people who are jumping up and down and dancing, you know, and they're more happy? Or is it the people who are kneeling on their cushions with their heads bowed in prayer? Is it the person crying? Is it the person laughing? Is it the person who looks bored? Is it the person who looks attentive? And and in a sense, some of those physical things may give you a, a little bit of a clue about something, but they don't necessarily tell you what the Holy Spirit's doing because the physical actions can be deceptive, you know, whatever. You just could be a happy person. Yeah. Once, once prayed for a guy and uh, I led him to, to Jesus, first time faith. And as I uh, came to the end of prayer, I just said, and Holy Spirit, would you please come now and fill, I remember this guy, fill this guy right now, please in Jesus name. And that was my prayer. And I looked at him and he looked at me and I thought, the lights are on, but nobody's home. Absolutely nothing's happening. Okay. Absolutely stoic face, nothing. And when I said amen, he said, Whoa, what was that? You would have never known anything was going on. Wow. Not a thing. And so, how do you know what's going on? That's your question, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how are you going to know? Well, um, if you. If I could put it in these terms, um, it, it's probably better understood as a as a divine Holy Spirit intuition. You just look at somebody and you realize that you know something that you didn't know before. Not, you know, what shoe size they have or, you know, whatever. But you you look at somebody and you just have a sense that God is, uh, you know, that God's at work in them. or you get a nudge of what the issue is that God's reaching out to them for, or you get a little sort of bit of a hint about the circumstance they're in. And, and, and one of the things is they, they come, Lisa, they come often so light as a feather that you can lose it just by being distracted. So one of the things we've learned to do is in those moments, just to keep track of it as, as, as it moves okay what is this going on you know um and um i, I think i think the discerning of spirits the, the word of knowledge the gifts of the spirit that help us leaning into those but you know, you can even start just by saying lord please tell me something that's going to be helpful for this person and then don't get distracted by somebody walking over here or putting their hymn book down over there or somebody, you know, bringing the teacups down. Just keep your heart a bit like a camera. You know, if you're taking a picture and you've got and it's got a, a slow shutter, you have to keep it still so it doesn't blur. Yeah. 
And I've noticed in some meetings, you know, God is moving, then suddenly come, comes in the back and everybody sort of turns around to say, OK, who's that? <laughs> yeah. um, and I understand that. We, we're human beings. But actually, when we're ministering to others, when you sense that or you've asked God, Lord, tell me, a sort of stillness comes on me, not just physically, but inside. And I know that I just have to let this. <laughs> I was going to say, I have to let this coffee brew. I have to let it drip through to me to yeah. get something and then of course the more you do it the more you realize when it's happening and and so what comes as you know a, a drip thing over 10 minutes as, the more you do it it just gets a bit quicker and a bit easier and and part of that is just surrendering your heart and mind so something comes to you about somebody you know, you could be right now say, Lord, give me something for Wes. You know, I'm sitting here and something comes to your mind. And initially you look at me and go, nah. <laughs> yeah. OK, but actually what I've learned is when that moment happens to just keep myself in the place of the Holy Spirit and say, OK, Lord, what, what is that? And, and OK, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And there are times I said to people, you know, does this mean anything to you? They go, no. Nope. Say, fine. OK. But there are other times and they've gone, oh, my goodness me, where did you, who told you that? How did you find that out? Yeah. And sometimes you just keep still enough and you keep hold of it enough to let let the full flavour, sorry, the coffee there you go, let the full flavour come out and don't give it too quickly. Don't give it until you, until almost God gives you a second nudge. You say, now, OK, you've got it. But that's what we're trying to do is we're praying for people. So many times the team will... As they come to pray, they'll just wait silently with somebody in, in a prayerful place and allow God to speak to them first. With practical, um, you know, help in what we can do. And, um, and I suppose sort of one of the, the end points for that person that we're with is um, praying for them to receive the Holy Spirit, isn't mm. it, as well? And, and I idea. think, yeah, everything you've been mentioning kind of pours into that moment and that interaction of ministry with them um yeah 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 no I was just thinking it's it's true isn't it because um do you know for acorn I would rather I don't want people to go away and say what a great healing ministry yeah I want people to go away saying isn't Jesus a great healer of course yeah and, and that's my thing no that's awesome and to encourage you then I mean some of the stuff was that we get through especially study questions from the healing academy it's just so encouraging actually to see how people are encountering the healer it's not a theory to a lot of people who are coming anymore it is this is what this is our life this is you know us mm. so um yeah that's yeah that's brilliant so yeah if you if you're listening and you want to write in to say uh why you got involved how you got involved in the healing ministry it could be due to connection passion compulsion or conviction or something um that you've given your own word to as well please feel free to write in and we always respond because uh, we like to journey with you and then finally as i said last week if i've got my weeks correct um on the 9th of april we're going to be exploring a bit more about the holy spirit this mm. might be really helpful for you and that is a free event for you to come along to um but wes will you kindly pray before we go yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Just if you're listening and if you're driving the car, you might just want to pull over for a minute. But um, if you're listening, 
why don't you just reach out with me now and just say, Holy Spirit, what Lisa and Wes have been talking to and about, I want that in my life. I want to be able to usher people nearer to the presence of Jesus. I want to be able to hear your feelings and your heart for them so that I can help them. So just say, Lord Jesus, I really, I ask for that. Please, may I have that. Let it grow in me. Let it start in me. Let it grow in me. And Father, I ask today that for all those who are listening to this in the healing ministry, Lord, that you will bless them. Lord, I thank you for every person who's involved. Lord, thank you for their commitment to Jesus to bring life to others. And so I pray blessing, Lord, your favor upon them. God, let your heart be opened up to them even more, Lord. And for those who listen today saying, I need healing. Lord, thank you that you're here. Thank you that you know. Thank you that you understand. God, thank you that you answer. So I pray in Jesus' name, let God's healing life and love, let it be yours wherever your need is today. And I ask this because of Jesus' name. Amen. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Wes. And we look forward to catching you guys soon. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.